This is Desiree Summer, and you are listening to the podcast where we talk about how to style, beautify, and make your life fun again. Here we go. So today we're talking about how a screenwriting critique changed my life and how it can help yours too. So last year, I was really excited to turn in a script of mine to this company who reads them for a small fee and gives you back a critique. You know, I felt like I'd come really far as a screenwriter and this one, this script, I just felt sure was on the road to winning. And you know, it did get pretty good marks, except for one small thing. One small thing my critic pointed out. My main character sucked. Yeah, in fact, she was a bit of a dud. That's how I would describe her. She was hard to root for as a reader. That's what my critic told me, because things in the script just seemed to really happen to her, and she spent the whole story merely reacting to those things. You know, my critic wanted to know where was this character's backbone? When did she ever get a chance to turn the corner in this drama and become proactive? You know, proactive, when someone makes things happen in her own world, when she drives the story forward with her own will and her intellect. And I vividly remember reading that, looking up out into the window to the backyard and thinking, "Uh uh-oh, because he was right. My character was swept away by the plot and she was only making decisions in retrospect after something had happened to her. And as he pointed out, it's really hard to invest and root for a character who never seems to turn the tide in her favor, who never seems to really own her own story. As audiences, you probably know as well as I do that we love characters who make things happen on the big screen, and we just sort of despise those who don't. That's pretty much screenwriting 101, which had me wondering, how in the hell had I gone so wrong? How had I missed this? And how was I going to fix it? Especially when it was suddenly dawning on me that I wasn't sure I believed in a proactive protagonist, not in real life. I mean, do people really make things happen like that in their lives? That's what I was wondering to myself. Certainly not anyone I knew in my immediate life. And aren't our lives mostly made up of things that are just thrown at us? Sure, one minute it's a funeral, the next you're winning the lottery. Good things, they do happen. But don't they just sort of happen to us, good and bad? Do we really have a say in them? And that I realized, as you probably already have, was a big problem. And is a big problem. It's a problem because how in the world am I going to write good scripts without proactive characters? But it's also a big uh uh-oh because, you know, I'm a life coach and I'm a cheerleader for my readers and clients. And how can I do that if I don't believe in this one big premise? That we have power, personal power, and more than that, that we can use that power to actually make things happen in our lives. Otherwise, what's the point? So what kind of life coach or inspirational writer, if you will, 
teaches you that your only power resides merely in how you react to what life throws at you. By my book, not a very good one, and uh, not terribly inspirational either. But also, I had another dawning realization. How do I write my own story if I believe this? How do I author an amazing life for myself if I don't believe in a proactive, powerful hero? If I don't believe I have that power? If I don't believe that proactive protagonist is me, what hope do I have of creating an exceptional life? It was a rude awakening. And it's been one I've been thinking about ever since. And I think when you're in your 20s, a failure here or there, or even on a daily basis, it really hardly affects you. Uh, You've got plenty of time to win, plenty of time to get it right. And in your 20s, it's really hard to imagine that at some point you won't prevail. You never really imagine the amount of losses, of failures, and of close but not quite that you will have amassed by the time you're in your 40s or beyond. And you really can't imagine the amount of circumstances life will have thrown at you, some good, some bad. And that's true of all of us, right? Even the most successful among us has that story. We all know about Thomas Edison. Perfect example, right? He had a thousand failures before he invented the light bulb. And when you really think about that, that's a thousand to one. A thousand failures, just one success. And those losses, even when you win, they really can take their toll. And when you don't win, or at least you don't win yet, those losses can hit pretty painfully. It's hard to remember in those moments that adage of not never, just not yet. And so that little critique has sent me on a months-long journey. Now, I can't say that I have it all figured out. Whom among us ever does, right? But I've learned a couple of important things in these last months that I can share with you for what they're worth. Number one, life isn't a one-way road. Now, I just don't believe we have complete control over what happens to us. I can't imagine that we are the sole creators on this planet. And I think that we do often have to react to what life labs at us. You know, circumstances are a real thing, and I just don't think there's any getting around that. But it's also maybe not a game of dodgeball. We don't have to spend our time merely trying to duck and cover, tensing up, making contingencies for all the ways life could go wrong, or fantasizing about getting lucky breaks, tensing up and making contingencies for all the way that life could go wrong, or fantasizing about getting a lucky break. Neither one of those is very helpful. Neither one of those is going to get us to a happy life that we love. So living our life joyfully really means accepting life is more of a tennis match, not dodgeball. Life lobs a ball our way. Maybe it's good, maybe it's bad, but regardless, it's really our job to lob it back. It's our job to push our agenda, our goals, our needs and wants back into life. Which leads me to number two, it's really hard to know, ultimately, what's going to be a good ball or a bad ball for us until we take a swing at it and see what happens. Recently, I heard a really interesting story about a wealthy, prominent woman who went for an astrology reading. And the astrologist, taking a look at her chart, said to her, you know, the chart shows great wealth, honor, and power, but not until late in life. The woman was in her 60s, 
and she was well known even to the astrologer. He expected her to agree with him, and she did, but she said kind of a funny thing. She said, oh yes, I have a lovely life for someone else. Now, how many of us would turn down life lobbing us a ball of wealth, great honor, and power? How many of us would look at that and think, that's a bad ball coming my way? And yet, for her it was. He explains that it was wealth, honor, and power in the wrong place for her. Turns out she had never wanted success in the field she was in. So imagine if she had decided to take aim and lob it back, only someplace where it would make her happier. Imagine if she had been more proactive in her story, would she have been happier? You have to imagine she would have. And all of that begs the question, which is number three, how do we become good at swinging back, at lobbing the ball in the direction we want it to go, at being proactive? And I like what the astrologer above had to say. You know, he asked the audience he was telling the story to, do you know what would make you happy, soul happy, not King Midas happy? You know that kind of happiness, right? That's the glitz and glamour of something that sounds really good on paper, like turning things into gold with a mere touch, but in reality is deeply hollow and unfulfilling, even tragic. So can you separate the fool's gold from the real stuff? Because being proactive is as simple as aiming the ball there. What would make you truly happy and fulfilled? If life gives you a dead car battery and buying the new one you need wipes out your savings, you know, perhaps it's that awakening that you need that you'd prefer to have more money, maybe a more secure and better paying job. And maybe secretly you've never been happy in that job in any ways beyond even the lack of money it provides. So you swing the racket and you send the ball back. Time to look for another job. And last, what I've learned, number four, don't take life so seriously. It's just a game. You know, circumstances happen. Life goes awry for all of us, whether you're a celebrity or a mere mortal like me. Failures happen, usually a dime a dozen. But you know, the fun isn't just in the having. The fun is also in the playing of the game. We relish and take pleasure in our own participation in life, win or lose, more than we can easily imagine when we're in the midst of it. You know, when people look back on their lives, they rarely regret the losses. What they really regret is their failure to swing at the ball at all. And success in all sorts of games is sweeter when it doesn't come as easily as we'd like it to, or at least when it doesn't happen that often. We root for the good guys on the screen, and we root for ourselves when we struggle a little. We don't give up, and ultimately we prevail through taking action. And that's what I have for you today, this week. But I really hope that that helped to inspire you to take some big action, maybe be a little more audacious in your life, and to keep swinging at what life lobs you. I will see you guys next week. Much love and luck to you all. Bye-bye.